right, this will be uh, November 3rd, a little bit different recording uh, just because of some technical issues, but we did want to uh, talk just a little bit more about some of these uh, monthly numbers, and some are going to be missed because we've already talked about them and we're not going to go back. But um, I do, I think it's just important to even talk about, because we were talking about the uh, part-time ish. Uh, part-time business, these are the people that wrote 10 applications for the month, okay? Uh, Mariana Drumova, who was overseas most of that time, uh, Matthew Kramer, Jamel Woods, Marcia Seacrest, um, Mike Piercy, Hamid Hanzaz, John Bernaglia, and Lars Chacon all wrote somewhere between 10 and 20 applications for the month. Um, so we just you know, we want to say thank you uh, for your business, but also want to encourage all of you to be tracking, 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 so that on, you know, November 15th, you're looking at those numbers to see how you're lining up for um, a bonus for the month, because 10,000 issue paid gives you a, a bonus. Now, keep in mind, guys, guaranteed issue does not count, and we all know why. It's It's really not strong uh, business, it meets the need for a client. And it's found money for the agent. It is found money, but keep in mind, it's a very low commission and does not count for bonusable. So if there is another product you can write, such as the possibility of CVS, you want to make certain that the guaranteed issue product is the absolute last uh last resort. I want to focus or say something on that, Connie, because so many people take the easy way out and just, oh, I'll do guaranteed issue because I know it's going to get issued and I don't have to do any work or think about it. Uh, a couple things happen there. One, you're really not doing the client service if they qualify for, for immediate death benefit, but more importantly, you're setting yourself up for a, a re, somebody replacing the business. And those are things that are not good for you, they're not good for the client, they're not good for the company. So take that little extra moment, spend, you know, 15 minutes a day, every day for a week studying final expense products just so that you can better serve your clients and better serve yourself and the company. All righty. Um, do we want to just go ahead now and uh, we've got Leroy on the line and he's unmuted on our end. So if Leroy will go ahead and unmute uh, his personal phone, looks like he maybe is, um, Okay. Uh, we're we're going to do Johnny next okay. because of Leroy's schedule. Let me explain a little more detail why we asked Leroy to be on this morning. Leroy has uh, owns a property and casual agency. He also has another job, so he's got two full-time jobs and, is, and, and sees the opportunity here with Equus. And the other two jobs he has, he's not really in a position to help friends or family change their financial world, but Equus gave him a platform to do that, and he's reached out to uh, three of his friends. Um, Leroy, if you would share with us, what kind of prompted you, one, to join Equus, and then two, uh, why you started reaching out to your friends to help acquaint them with what we were doing? Uh, well, thank you for uh, allowing me this opportunity to come. Let me say that first, and uh, I, I want to also publicly apologize to you all for for some things, but we'll we'll get on track with that here soon. Uh, but to answer your question, 
um, because I have that PNC agency, um, um, and I and I do have the life license, um, I wasn't able to do uh, life insurance uh, initially when I started the PNC agency, and so. Um, you know, because when you start your own agency, it's kind of difficult to get carriers because you don't have any any history. You know, you don't have any production, so on and so forth. And so it's hard to get that. And um, you know, when I heard of uh, Equus, um, you know, that's when I made the phone call, and um, and so we wanted to be able to to add life insurance. It's funny that I wanted to add life insurance and hadn't been able to, with other things going on, to to do it. But but that's one of the key points I wanted to make. Even though I hadn't had time to do it yet, I still don't want to stop stop other people from the opportunities to to grow themselves. And so, you know, when you talk about why have I tried to recruit, uh, you know, friends and, and and family and things of that nature, it's because I see the opportunity uh, for for them to to better their lives and and to accomplish some of the goals that they have. And so that's that's the reason why. Well, let me ask you this. When you talk with them, what are a couple points you make uh, to help them see the opportunity that Equus brings to the table? Uh, it, you know, it's, it's really it's funny that you say that because I kind of do it in the reverse. And so it's just like, you know, when you guys, when we talk about life insurance with clients or when I'm talking about PNC with clients, you know, obviously we want to – you know, to, to talk to them and find out what's going on in their lives so we can discover the need so that we can come up with a solution, right? And so I do that with everybody that I talk to. You know, you, you, made, a, you made mention earlier about solving problems, right? Just, just go through life being a person that solves problems. I think that that was so key because that's what I do. Whether I'm talking to friends or family or I'm out, getting a, a drink somewhere, whoever I'm talking to, I'm always listening for the problems, right? And they'll, they'll come to you. And so when I hear that, then I have, I say, well, you know, I have this solution. You know, have you ever thought about this? You know, we talk about have, have you, do you keep your income options open? And so uh, that's kind of what I do. I, I don't really approach it from the, the standpoint of, hey, have you ever thought about this? I really kind of just listen to people. I'm a, I listen to people a lot, and uh, you, you can pick up a lot from just listening to people. And so I make it a point of being a great listener, and then from what I hear, then I come up with the solution because hearing them tell me they have a need indirectly or directly gives me the opportunity. It's sort of like a lead. I treat their issue as a lead for me. And once I hear that lead come in, then I talk to them about the opportunity. Well, you know what's interesting? If you give people just a, a crack in the in the foundation to complain, most everybody will go for that bait. And, <laughs> uh, and, and that's where you find out by listening where their problem is. Uh, you know, yes, I used to laugh older people. You know, all you have to say is, oh, my ankle hurts. And Lord have mercy, they're off to the races telling you about all the pills they're taking and everything else. And, you know, it's kind of that way with finances. Uh, you know, has this COVID bothered you guys' income? I mean, that, that's a question that you can ask about anybody, and there aren't too many people, even if their income has gone up, are going to tell you that. 
they're going to tell you about all the trials and tribulations they've gone to, through to keep it up. And, right. And uh, that's a great approach to that, going in, into it backwards. Uh, what would be one thing that you would say, Leroy, that if somebody is new or even if they've been around very long, that they would start like to start doing some more market recruiting? What would be one thing that you might say to them that might help them be more effective at it? Uh, I, I would say have a recruiting mindset. Uh, you know, I, I, I assume that everybody I talk to is going to be willing to work with me, right? I don't, I don't care who it is. I don't care where I'm at. I don't care what they look like. I don't care. Now, I know that may not be the right thing to say, but, but you, you, you sort through people and let them determine their need because I, I, I don't know who they know. And, you know, I might recruit somebody who maybe is not good or maybe get into it and won't do it, but they might know the next whoever that's on the leaderboard, right? And that will help me as well. And so I would just say have a recruiting mindset and um, recruit, 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 right? That's it. Always and every day let that be a part of what you do um, because if, if we don't, then 100% of our income is dependent on our efforts. And that's, that's no different than working a job. And who wants another job? And so uh, have a recruiting mindset. And there, there are some laws that I try to go by, uh, whether or not people believe it's true or not. It's, it's what I, you know, choose to believe. And one of those is the law of concentration. And, and um, Connie kind of talked about it, I think, about David, about him being focused and all that kind of thing. But I, I call it law of concentration. And I just say it real quick. It says that whatever you dwell upon grows and expands in your life. Whatever you think about the most of the time increases. The more you think about your goals and how to accomplish them, the faster they'll move towards you. You'll focus more of your energy on them and have less energy available to other problems and issues. And so, you know, that's that's what I tend to do as it relates to Recruiting, I focus on that. I'm a great recruiter. You know, I have that kind of uh, that mindset that says, you know, I'm a great recruiter. I think about that. I can do this. I'm going to recruit X amount of people per year, and I dwell on those things. And that's what I focus on and nothing else. And so if I could say one good thing, it would be this, have a recruiting mindset. And never underestimate uh, anybody. you got to allow everybody that opportunity uh, to grow and to do better for themselves. Now, whether they work out is another thing, but you at least give people a tryout. And, uh, and so that's, that's my, uh, my one big thing that I would say. Well, I think that's a point well, well made, well taken. You know, looking for opportunity, there's a book called The Millionaire Next Door, and uh, Warren Buffett could be one of those. You would never know if you didn't know who Warren Buffett was. He was wealthy like he is still lives in the house in the neighborhood he did when he was poor, uh, drives beat up, not beat up, but drives older cars. He just, you know, you that point you made, always be looking for opportunity because you never know who they might know. Wow. Thanks so much for being on, Leroy. Yes, ma'am. Hey, um, we wanted to start a new feature of our call. And so this morning we're going to hear from Johnny Brooks. Uh, and have an update from Johnny about his team, what's going on, who's he's excited about, whatever he wants to say. And so, Johnny, uh, 
Okay, unmute. You're unmuted. So take it away. All right. Good morning. Can you hear me? Okay, Connie. Um, turning you up. We sure can. All right. Sounds good. Well, thank you guys so much for having me on the call. I'm excited about this new feature we have. <laughs> uh, and thank you guys for your leadership. Um, I tell you, it means a lot to not only myself, but our whole team. You're always there for us, and we do appreciate you guys. Um, great job, Leroy. Um, I love some of the points that you made. Um, you know, I think uh, warm market is definitely the way to go. Uh, of course, there's other options in cold market as well, but building the team um, you know, comes from, from um, you know, having a few of those warm market agents that uh, trust you and are going to follow the system. Um, you know, I just brought on one of my buddies from the fire department, Maurice Kingsbury, and um, he works with me. He's a good friend of mine. Um, he just got his good to go. I think it was yesterday uh, evening, so he, his paperwork and all is ready to go. And um, he's, uh, you know, his nickname at the fire department is King B. So I always call him King B. But King B is uh, he's one of those guys that's got that entrepreneur mindset, um, and uh, he's focused. He's ready to go, and uh, we're just going to get together and train like crazy. So I'm excited about him, but. Um, you know, one that, that's already kind of uh, showed um, to us as a team, she was, of course, on the call last week, Star. Um, you know, she is, um, she's one that I'm really excited about right now. Um, you know, she, uh, of course, was on the call last week. She showed her professionalism, her dedication to coming in, um, you know, and, and she wants to be one of the top producers uh, on our team. Um, you know, she's she's the type of agent that everybody dreams about. Um, she's the type of agent that has uh, been following the ecosystem since day one. And, um, you know, she's very coachable. She's very teachable. Uh, I love working with her. Um, you know, she, she, you know, basically says, okay, Johnny, what do I need to do next? You know, you're, you're, you're the leader here. Just tell me what I need to do, and I'm going to do it. And so I know we're going to see her, um, you know, at the top of, of the leaderboards, um, you know, and, and not only Star, but, I mean, the, the numbers that Connie, uh, you know, told us about uh, earlier, I mean, you look at David Crocker and his running buddy, John, I mean, they did over $25,000 between the two of them last week. I mean, as the regional manager, that, that in itself is very exciting. You know, Marsha did over 8000 by herself and as a team, uh, over 10000 And then I know uh, Connie had mentioned, you know, Robert's team. I mean, they, they did over $30,000 last week. And so, you know, it, it only takes, um, as we can see here, it only takes four or five uh, great agents for your team to start exploding. And that's what's happening right now within, you know, our agency. I'm excited. I appreciate what um, each and every one of you guys are doing right now. Um, and, you know, just, just blessed to be, uh, you know, I guess called a leader for you guys. And I appreciate what you do. So, you know, if I had to say anything uh, this morning, you know, I'd ask that, um, you know, everybody that's on this call, if you hadn't already figured it out, the system works. And, you know, all, all I'm asking is that you just follow the system. You know, do like Star. You know, um, be, be attentive. Um, you know, be there. Um, you know, ask questions. Reach up to your upline. Uh, find your running buddy, just like Dave Crocker's done with John. Um, you know, and, and follow the system because we know it works. Put the activity in each and every week. Uh, and, and the results are going to come up, and, and, and you're going to see and reap the rewards. Um, and the last thing I was going to say is, you know, we all know what today is. It's Election Day. 
and you know I don't talk politics a lot because you know uh, it, it is it is what it is. And I, I just say to those, um, you know, if you hadn't already voted, go ahead and take care of that today. Um, but but keep this in mind: no matter what the outcome is this evening, um, just know that God is in control. And so, um, Connie, Dick, thank you for having me on. I look forward to being back on next week. Um, so is there anything else you want me to add? Well, I think that pretty well says it all. Gosh, Johnny, you had a great week. Your team was out there protecting families and doing what they do best. And uh, we agree. Uh, you know, no matter the outcome, we know who's in control. And uh, we're, <laughs> we are. In reality, though, Dick and I are trying to remember that. It is, it is very difficult, uh, you know, uh, and as, you know, Barry has always said, let's not mix uh, politics and uh, religion and, and uh, business, um, but we all know that you can do it in a subtle way, and mostly Johnny does that by the way he lives. Johnny lives a life that uh, is uh, one that you would want to follow, and we're grateful that he is uh, part of our team. And thanks for being on this morning, Johnny. We appreciate it. You know, when I when I grow up, I want to be just like Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, today, I, I wanted to, to kind of leapfrog off the call yesterday. If you listened to it, it was really good. Um, there were two words that really stuck, st struck a chord with me uh, that Barry talked about. The first was focus, and the second was execute. And, you know, taking that concept to what we do when you're dialing and record yourself um, just to figure out what you need to do to set an appointment, you know, and then go back and listen to yourself. And the reason I say that. You know, there's people on this call that are not good in the home, they're not good on the phone, but if you're not good on the phone after you listen to yourself, then call for help. Uh, don't keep doing the same thing and expect a different result. And then once you finally have got a phone script that works, then practice and practice until it's, it becomes good. See, we have people from all over the years that Connie and I have coached through this, they were terrible on the phone. Uh, many of them were terrible in the home, but... They knew they weren't very good, and they reached out and asked for help. So that's the first step, guys, in, in changing your career and the outcome of the results. See, if, if they practice, and, and, and I said, I'm going to use this word okay a, a few times here. You know, if they practice to the point, they were terrible when they started, but once they finally get to the point that they're okay, you have to be at least okay to make it in any sales organization. And understanding that most people, when they start in sales, are below okay. You know, they're, they're underwater. Um, but those should be words of encouragement because, you know, there's hope. You know, if we're not even up to okay yet, we can get there. Now, let me give you some guidelines and some rules here. Once you get to okay in any sales organization, uh, a salesperson will close one out of ten if you're okay. You know, a good salesperson many times will get up to two out of ten sales. A good seasoned person will close four out of ten, and then an accomplished seasoned, seasoned person can close five or six out of ten. Understanding that, because you hear the numbers that Connie read off this morning with David doing this, 
John Trenaglia doing what he did, uh, Marsha and everybody else, understanding that when they started, some of them were blow okay. You know, um, looking back uh, on some of the careers, we had a few people that came over that were okay. I think John Vernagli is one of the ones we had that was above okay when he first started because he's been in sales for quite a while. But understanding you don't have to be, you know, get five or six out of ten. It's okay to start getting one out of ten, then move it to two out of ten the following week. By the end of three weeks, of doing your sales in this business if you'll follow the system. I think you could be you won't be a seasoned salesperson, but you should be in a position to get three or four sales out of every ten presentations. And those those numbers will increase. That's why we have the call here today to help people do that. Now what's the difference between an accomplished seasoned salesperson and an okay salesperson. Well, the first thing is the accomplished seasoned salesperson, they've learned how to connect with people. The okay salesperson is learning that because they wouldn't be okay if they weren't connecting, but they're learning that and they're developing that skill. The second thing that the seasoned person has done, they're better now at uncovering a client's needs or problems or concerns because once you start connecting, and then uncovering the problems, now you've got a target to shoot for. You know where the, the donkey is to pin the tail on it. You know? And then that seasoned salesperson, they learn to provide an affordable solution for the problem that, that they've just uncovered that the client has. You know, um, we must, first must focus on what we want to accomplish and how do you do that? I mean, that sounds like a great phrase, but as I was listening to the call yesterday, well, one of the first things we have to do is eliminate distractions. You know, there are a lot of distractions, and when you're sitting at your, especially in a, a home office type environment, you know, you hear a noise outside, you want to go see what it is, it's squirrel chasing the cat or cat chasing the squirrel. Guys, that's not going to make any of us any money. We need to learn to recognize what a distraction is and ignore it and move on. Uh, that's a real big thing. And then the second thing is eliminate excuses. Uh, if we can learn to do those two things, guys, you've got half the battle met, beat already. You know, um, Connie mentioned somebody a few minutes ago, one of her agents fell down the stairs a few weeks ago, destroyed his brand-new laptop computer, uh, tore his ACL, and I called the next day just to see how he was doing. And uh, I said, you know, how things go on, how you getting along? He was two hours from home about to walk into an appointment. He says, hey, I can't talk. I'm at the people's house. i got to get in. The guy can barely walk. He tore his ACL, but that wasn't his excuse. It became his reason to be successful, you know. And when I say that, he was at the appointment, but it wasn't a doctor. It was a client. You know, see, once we start to eliminate, and I say start because it's, it's going to be an ongoing battle, but once we start to eliminate distractions, um, other things happen. You know, Saturday I jumped on the phone, and after about 20 minutes, I started looking for more people to call. Well, how did I get to that point? Because, guys, the last thing, I'm just like the rest of you, the last thing I wanted to do Saturday morning was get on the stall, call, phone and start calling people. But the second dial I made was to an existing client I sold back in, in this, uh, June. Uh, they're an older couple, 
and they live in the city of Richmond, Virginia, wanting to get out of the city because of all the craziness going on and move into the county. So, you know, we knew when we did this, we were just taking care of a short-term solution, and we were going to deal with a long-term problem later. So I just called to see how they were doing. Have you found a house? What's going on? You know, she was so thankful that I called to check in on them to see how they were doing uh, health-wise, what the status was with finding another home. And when I got finished talking to her, she went on for about 30 seconds on how appreciative she was that I cared enough to pick up the phone to call them because she and I both knew that they're not ready to buy more insurance or going to be ready to buy more insurance probably until spring. So it was genuinely understood that I was calling to check up on them. Guys, that's not a bad thing to do with some of your clients. It took 30 seconds. Well, it changed my attitude completely when I got off the phone, how she was sort of appreciative of me reaching out. Now, you heard Stephanie Harlan yesterday talking about constantly recruiting. And uh, is it because she wants a team to make an override? Well, kind of. But if you listened intently to what she said, she wants to live and succeed on her personal production. She doesn't want to be dependent on her team for anything that she has need of in her life. Guys, that's the way I was. I always wanted to earn my incentive trips on my own pen, and I did. We always earned our incentive trips on my pen. Stephanie feels much the same way. Why? Because she wants to focus on helping her agents become better because she wants to give them the same opportunity she has. Guys, you heard Johnny talk this morning. Uh, whenever you talk to David, you're hearing the same thing. When you talk to Marcia, you're hearing the same thing. When you talk to Miguel, you're hearing the same thing. All of our people that have stepped up in leadership feel the same way. They want to make everything on their own and just give other people an opportunity. See, my feeling on it is if you do the work, we want to help you succeed. Now, conversely, if you're not going to do the work, why should we want it more than you do? It's kind of like pushing a rope. It's real difficult to do if you've ever tried that. It's easy to pull a rope, but buddy, it's hard to push one. See, focus is great, but without execution, we're a little more than professional visitors, both in the recruiting side and also on the sales side, because our focus needs to be on results, not the work. And that's why whenever you hear my presentation, both on the phone and also in the home, I have a system set up that leads people to make the right decision for them. When I get finished, if the decision is no, it's not because they weren't given the opportunity to see the need and uncover the problem. It's because they chose not to, but they were, but they were led to the point of making that decision. And how do we do that? We do that through questions. See, when we go visit people and we don't make a sale, do you know what their feeling is when you leave? You know, why did they come and waste my time? You spent two hours with me, and we didn't get anywhere. No protection, no anything. And, that, and you know, a, a question, you know, why did you come? That's a very fair question on our client's part. And, guys, it's very, it's very accurate of how a lot of the people feel. You know, Jamie talked yesterday about an ICA, and for those of you that are brand new on the call, that's an independent contractor agreement that an agent has with uh, Equus. 
and he talked about an ICA being a real opportunity for the people he talks to. And why is that? Well, that's the first step toward changing someone's life. You cannot change their life, help them in any significant way without starting with that ICA. See, the question we all ask is, or we should be asking is, do I really believe in this? Do I believe in life insurance? Do I believe that I can change somebody's life? Um, do I understand as an agent the value that simplified issue products bring to the table? Or do I believe it's just a little more expensive life insurance, something that I really wouldn't buy myself? See, Dick Sylvester believes that most people should avoid an insurance exam. Well, why is that? Part of it's through, you know, training. Part of it's through experience because I know in my heart of hearts when the early days when we didn't have Simplified Issue, 50% of all the applications we took resulted, all, 100% of them resulted in an exam. And 50% of those then resulted in either the rates going up or a decline. So, yes, I believe in Simplified Issue. And every once in a while, we'll get a purist on the phone, a new agent, well, i got to get my clients the best price possible. Well, many times the best price possible isn't the best thing for the family. The best thing for the family is coverage. And I know in my heart of hearts, people need insurance. See, I believe most people need life insurance, and, for, and I actually feel the majority of people need more insurance. You know, I believe so strongly that I think almost everyone needs an accident plan. Why? Well, especially if, one, it's a little less expensive way to protect the family, but the chances of dying for a young couple many times are greater from an accident. They are natural causes. Oh, well, Dick, should I start selling accident coverage instead of real insurance? No, 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 because you need to have them prepared for the inevitable if it happens sooner rather than later, but the accident plan is just another layer of protection that protects the family, and it's just it's a great add-on. But I just I believe that strongly in what we do that that's important, you know. You know, and I love the way uh, David uses it as an add-on. And just as a little aside, um, David does this 100% for his clients because that uh, particular product. Uh, because it has the word guaranteed in it, it's a guaranteed accident product, um, it doesn't count for bonus, it doesn't count for trips, it really doesn't count for much of anything except in your bank account, but oh my goodness, the benefit to the client for what it does to the client, especially someone who uh, maybe has health issues that they can't get full coverage for their mortgage, this gives them close to or full coverage uh, should they die of an accident. So, yeah. you know, you talk about doing the right thing for the client. That is David 100%. And many people do, uh, even seniors. You know, they're not as good a driver. Uh, they're not looking quite as much. You know, I pull up to a stoplight. I'm looking both ways for some mi mindless texture. You know, I, I just feel that way. And the reason I had Leroy on this morning was, was this. Should I or should you tell someone about the opportunity with Equus before you make it? Um, some of the people we hire will never make it in any kind of sales position. But should we prevent someone else from hiring and giving them a shot? See, 
I see this just like crabs in a bucket. You put one crab in a bucket, in short order, it's out of there and on its way. You put two or more crabs in a bucket, and none of them will ever escape. Why? Because they keep pulling the one down that's about to get away. And I, I kind of look at hiring people early on. It's important to give them a shot. See, let everybody have a shot, and if they see succeed and you don't, rejoice with them anyway. Uh, maybe ask for some help from them on how they made it. You know, what did they do differently than you did? See, the guy that hired me and took me to Barry's first meeting, he didn't make it. And over the years, we've had at least between 50 and 100, maybe more of the people we've hired, I suspect it's more than 100, making $250,000 a year in income because the guy who hired me wanted to give me a shot. Now, guys, this is the rock-bottom truth here. He knew and we knew he probably was not cut out for this business. But that did not change the fact that he gave me an opportunity. And I bring that up today because, you know, if whether you make it or not, let's, let's not be selfish and keep this to ourselves. Who do you know that at least deserves a shot to see if they've got what it takes to do this? Who do you know that wants the ball and wants a chance to take the winning shot to win the game? Sometime when you get a chance to talk to Robert, his freshman year in college, they're down one point with seconds in the game, and the coach had to play, and Robert happened to be in the right place to get the ball rather than the guy that, that the other team knew was going to get it, and they double-teamed him. So Robert's screaming, give me the ball, give me the ball, give me the ball. And he gets it, and he shoots, and he misses. But he was fouled. And it was a three-point shot, so he got three foul shots. He shoots the first one and misses it. Then he shoots the second one and makes it and ties the game, and then shoots the next one and wins the game. He got the ball, and there are people out there that you know, they just need one to know about the ball, and secondly, give them a chance at it. You know, um, I love the example that Randy Montrose talked about yesterday on the leader's call. Uh, SM is, is like playing a sport in high school. A DM is like playing college-level sports. An RM is like playing professional sports, maybe in the NFL or the NBA. Elite producers are like becoming an all-star. See, the first year we were at Equus, and H this story, I used to choke up on it. I'm just getting to the point now I can tell it. But an agent sent Barry a text, and he said, Barry, you don't know me. Uh, I never make the leaderboard. Only a few people at Equus even know my name but I still made $96,000 with Equus my first year, and nobody even knows who I am. Thanks for this opportunity. Guys, that's huge, and the only reason I knew him is I knew him from the other company when we came over. Nobody knew him there either, but they never gave him the opportunity there. Over here, he seized what he saw as the opportunity and guys, to this day, he's making a six-figure income, and I guarantee you nobody on this call knows who he is. That's the opportunity that Equus brings to the table, and I hope you will zero in on understanding that, and today you will look back and take a look at people you know that just need an opportunity. One, they need to know the opportunity exists, and then they need someone to allow them the chance to reach out and and reach for the stars.
with Equus.